Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. It's the podcast where um, your two best friends, Micah Macaw and Jordan Macaw, get together. We watch a movie that's located in a franchise, and we discuss how it relates to the bigger series. We go through it, um, and we, we say what we like about it. We say what we don't like about it. And currently, we are getting close to the ending of Marvel so far. Never thought we'd see it. Never thought we would see it, but today we're discussing kind of the the uh, climax to the series. It's it's not quite the the climax because of course there's Endgame. That's okay. But um, I mean, this is well. May- I would say overall in the series, mm-hmm. this this is the climax of Marvel. And then the next one's like the conclusion. It's the denouement. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. That that I think that works too. Uh, and I think I would agree with that. Um, so first of all, we, this, this was the movie where I was fully back on board with Marvel when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember Jordan and I went and saw it, I think opening weekend. And we were like, unbelievable. Yeah. This is when leading up to this movie with all the trailer came out and it's like, okay, fine. Like, I just, I just remember thinking like, it looks it looks uh, like an action movie, but I know there are no stakes. No one's actually going to die. I thought you were into it. No, not really. I, okay. I, well, I was, I was into it. I was, I was as into it as I would have gotten at the time with all of the other stuff. Because yeah. at that time, I still hated Captain America. Uh-huh. Um, really did not like Black Widow. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, I know that they're going to, like, no. take up all the movie. No, I remember because I think when we went to the movie, I was kind of like, no, Jordan, this is going to be good. And you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, no, trust me. This is going to be good. And my expectations were higher than usual for an Avenger. It's like, okay, well, I know it has to be better because it's supposed to be, like, the last, or, you know, like, one the of the big last finale, ones. Yeah. So it's like, okay. And then we see the movie, and it's really good. <laughs> and then it gets to the end, and I'm like. No way. I just remember feeling denial. Yeah, like a heavy sense of denial about it because yeah. it's like no, they don't, they don't. But the, I remember thinking, this is what they don't do in movies. They don't kill people. They don't yeah, kill especially the important these people. movies. So they did something wrong. <laughs> That's how it felt. <laughs> well, I I remember I, I I had two big concerns going into the movie, but I was not like I was not looking them adversely. I was I was ready. I was ready for them to meet up to the challenge, but my biggest concern was this movie looks like it's about Thanos. And from what I had learned about Thanos before seeing this movie, I was like, I'm not sure how he's going to be all that compelling. And they completely passed on that regard. Yeah. Um, which we'll get into more as the, the episode goes on. And then my other one was, I hope they wouldn't sideline the guardians, especially Nebula. Yeah. And they also passed highly on that regard. And they really double down on Nebula in the next movie. Yeah. Um, because I think because of Gamora and Nebula's connection to Thanos, it would have been so odd if they were like, well, we still just have to focus on the original Avengers, which they saved to do in Endgame, which ends their story, which is just, I mean, you have to hand it to Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. They wrote a really, really good two movies that really um, go well together. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, listener... We have um, next next week is Ant Man and the Wasp, and then we'll do Captain Marvel, and then Endgame. But after watching this movie, w- 
Jordan and I are just going to watch Endgame next so we can like finish this discussion on Avengers and then we'll go back and watch the other two cuz we're ahead of you guys. Um wow. but uh the the I remember discussing the ending a little bit. I know we haven't got into production notes and all that stuff, but it's kind of fun to talk out of order sometimes. Um I remember when the movie ended you know, there was this sense when when people started dissolving, it was like, wait, okay, what? Because I was not familiar with this storyline, and I'm still not even sure how the comics do it. I intend to read it at some point mm-hmm. in my life, but um, because uh, the first couple people that go away are like, I think like Scarlet Witch and a couple of the the minor characters. So I thought, um, okay, maybe maybe those people are gone, maybe, and then she dissolved after. Black Panther. Oh, she did? Yeah. Well, the first couple people, I think, were not as major characters, like the first two. And then the and then Black Panther goes. And in my head, I'm like, okay, the, do you guys know that that movie just made a billion dollars and is still in theaters, right? And I'm kind of like, but maybe. I, in my head, I'm like, maybe, they're, maybe he's just done. But I think they had also already said that Ryan Coogler signed on to Black Panther 2. Yeah, but you're probably crosses your like, mind. You're like, well, Black Panther's not just uh, T'Challa, so yeah, or or maybe it's a prequel or something. I don't know. And then, um, but then when everyone's dissolving, I'm kind of like, maybe, maybe I, I'm pretty sure not that they're all going to come back. But I'm thinking it's possible they won't. And then, w- then when Spider Man dissolves, I'm like, okay, so these people are all coming back. And honestly. It was kind of a sense of relief in a, in a little bit, in a little way, because you're like, I understand and love that they added a lot of stakes to this, but also I really like a lot of these characters, especially how all the Guardians except Rocket die and Nebula. So you're like, um, please, no, mm-hmm. no on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that was all that was all fine and dandy. And they had also already announced um, Spider-Man Far From Home at this point so you're like oh okay i wish you hadn't have announced that movie but um anyway they they did never really clarify that it was after endgame until after the endgame came out so i always kind of convinced myself before i went into endgame i tried to be like well you never know where it's gonna end up one when every morning you're you wake up and you immediately check imdb that's true personally i haven't been doing it as much lately actually what's wrong with you like a couple times a week now I don't know. It just feels like lately there hasn't been that exciting of news. And the news that is exciting, I already have, I'm on the cusp of already. Um, but let's jump into the movie. Uh, it's directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. As you would have known, listener, this is our uh, Civil War and Winter Soldier guys. They get handed the keys to the kingdom. Um, someone is celebrating outside, it sounds like. Uh, produced by Kevin Feige, written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. The score is by Alan Silvestri. And side note on the score, I think the score to this movie is crazy good. Yeah. Um, Thanos has got that really, really um, disturbing, somber tune that is played whenever he's mentioned or shows up. Um, He plays on the old Avengers themes a little bit when they need to be and then there's just some parts where you're like dang this thing is thumping this thing is crazy and then at the end of the movie when thanos achieves his goal it 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 has this like naturalistic string sound to it that's really crazy and one thing uh i always like to mention that's cool is um 
at the end of the movie, there he he ends on this chord that has a suspended note, which makes you feel like okay, the story's going to keep going, and then he resolves it, which makes it feel like it's a complete story. And I, that is when I was like, this movie is so artistic and cool because they could have just done, you know, this weird, like, like adding that, that, um, adding that touch makes you see that they're, they're trying to be like, that was the complete Thanos story. And now, now the next movie will not be about Thanos, but now you know that this movie was actually the story of Thanos instead of the team. Um, I mean, and of course it is about the team and everything, but, uh, I, I remember, do, do you remember some people kind of claiming that this movie was like just half of a movie? No. Oh, I, I heard that a little bit, and I, I was just kind of like, well, I think if you look at it as the team, maybe you could argue that. Even still, not so much, but the movie is, I mean, the protagonist is Thanos, mm-hmm. and he achieves his goal. So he has mm-hmm. this happy ending, and it's his story. Mm-hmm. And that's why the movie's so good. Yeah. Honestly, it's because he is the protagonist of the movie. Yeah. Um. Then we have, I, I usually don't mention the editors, but I wanted to mention them this time because it just... Balancing this many storylines, they just their names need to be said, and that's uh, Jeffrey Ford and Matthew Schmidt. Uh, then we have cinematography by Trent Opalock. He's another another Marvel guy. Cinematography in this movie is really good, mm-hmm. um, and the action's a lot more clear than I had convinced myself it was. There's still some lunky stuff, um, but I mean, as far as like mostly CG digital action especially the scene on titan and stuff like i understood it's cool i understand like all the things that are happening but you know a big reason why it's cool yeah it's because they finally chose a color palette for something Mm -hmm. and it's all orange yeah this movie's really pretty still like grayish blue so you Mm -hmm. still have that daytime thing but it's because the planet's oranges and reds it's it's contrasting Mm mm-hmm yeah i think this whole this whole movie just looks really really great the only part that doesn't look super awesome is um uh the battle of wakanda mm-hmm. and some of the new york stuff like the i think they could have color graded it a little cooler looking i mean anything that is green for some reason in all these movies well it's like it's like a washed out green it's kind of like um a washed out green yeah okay. <laughs> no it is it is i was trying to think of something else and then i disagreed with myself so i decided to back away okay um produced by marvel studios distributed by walt disney the movie comes out April 27th, 2018. And this is also kind of a strange thing. And, and I think with um, they, they for sure did this with Endgame. They may have done it with Spider-Man. I don't remember about Captain Marvel. But a lot of times, and I don't know why this is. I can't answer this question. But um, with big blockbuster movies, they will come out in the world before they come out in the U.S., even though they're U.S. movies. So in previous times, in all these other Marvel movies... Um, except maybe Black Panther too. I think it came out in the U.S. first. They'll do like a premiere in the U.S. first, and then it comes out like the weekend or two weekends before it comes is out it a in the U.S. Thing? I don't know what it is because this movie, it was a huge announcement that they they were like, you know what? There's too many spoiler stuff. We have the internet. We're just coming out everywhere in the world. It's coming out April 27th, including the U.S. So that's what they did on this movie, and they did that on Endgame as well, um, which I thought is kind of cool. I, I hope they just do that because it's it's really odd. I don't understand it's that a, practice. It's got to be a numbers thing. 
It, it it does, but I guess at this point they're like, well, I guess it doesn't really matter because we just made the number one movie of all time. So yeah. we can release them uh, the day after Christmas and people are going to go crazy. Release you know? them on Christmas and people go crazy. Well, Christmas is a good day to release a yeah, movie. Yeah, that's why I'm saying that. Oh, um, yeah. Crowded market. Good Captain thinking. Marvel, you watched that after Endgame? Uh, that came out after? No, it came out before. So technically it's this... Am and the Wasp, Captain Marvel. Endgame. Spider-Man. I just couldn't remember. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so they made that change. Uh, box office. Uh, it's just unbelievable. The movie makes $678,815,482 in the U.S. And then the movie makes $2,048,359,754 worldwide. Um, the budget of the movie... Is so it's it's a little in dispute. All the money in the we don't, world. We don't know for sure. It's all the money in the world. It's it is every all the money in the world, yeah. and it just got redistributed back to them. Yeah. So um, I think that clocks in somewhere around thirty-eight trillion. Was this movie? Uh, no, the estimated budget is three hundred sixteen million to four hundred million, somewhere in there. And I saw it looks like it's three hundred sixteen. So this movie cost three hundred sixteen million dollars to make, and then Endgame cost three hundred fifty six million. Hmm. Oddly enough, that's only the third highest uh, movie ever made because still on Stranger Tides, Pirates of the Caribbean is like three hundred seventy two or something like that, it, which is insane. Unbelievable. Um, I think it's that movie anyway. I, I'm sure we'll get to it at some point, and then I'll cover it in that point. Um, so originally. The movie, when they announced the movie, it was still in that craze of like uh, Breaking Dawn Part 1, Breaking Dawn Part 2, Harry Potter uh, and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, Part 2. So this was supposed to, this was going to be Infinity War Part 1 and then Infinity War Part 2. But Kevin Feige was being really clear that they did not want to make this a two-part story. It's like a one-part and a two-part part part of a bigger story. Yeah. Um, So... That's what they did, or that's what they were going to do, and then once they got closer, they were like, yeah, we're not going to do that. The movies are too different. It's not part one and part two. It's Infinity War, and then later they announced the title, Endgame. Okay. And so, uh, and then they filmed the movies back-to-back. Yeah. So I thought they filmed them simultaneously, but they just filmed them back-to-back. Um, Some would say that's kind of simultaneously. Well, yeah, but like on Lord of the Rings, you uh, know, yeah, yeah, they yeah. would film scenes from any of the three yeah. movies on any given day. Yeah. Um, so principal photography on the movie started January 1st, uh, or January 23rd, 2017. Um, and the working title of the movie was Mary Lou. Kind of funny. Cute. Uh, and this is the first time that feature film, um, a feature film Hollywood movie was shot a hundred percent on IMAX cameras. This is the first time. First one. Um, and then I just want to shout out these, uh, just for anyone who is interested, and because this movie is basically, I mean, probably close to 75, 80% of this movie is special effects, maybe even more. Um, these are the companies that worked on it, and they all have their own um, specific thing they work on. So one of these companies might how work many, on... How many are there? There's a few. It'll be fast. It'll be fast. But, you know, one of them might work on Rocket and Groot, and another company might work on Thanos, another landscaping. They have their specialties. So you got Industrial Light and Magic... Frame Store, Method Studios, Weta Digital, DNEG, Cinesite, Digital Domain, Rise, Lola, VFX, and Perception. 
just wanted to shout them out like the editors. Don't have to go further than that, but um, I just think that's interesting. Did you find out what each one each one did? I didn't. I didn't go that far. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Evans and Hemsworth were both paid fifteen million dollars for the movie. Um, and then uh, the writers. What about Robert Downey? I don't know. Could you try and look it up while I say this? But make make sure it's just well. No, you know how to look things up, Micah. You don't have to mansplain this, as they say. Um. So the writers just wrote down a ton of ideas, like any idea they could find, and then they'd meet with everyone, and they'd certain everyone would just talk about it and be like, "That's a cool idea." No, nah, that one's not good. Oh, we don't have the rights for that character. So they would just. That's kind of how they started the whole process. Do you have a number that you're sitting on? I'm 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 looking. Um and then uh the other thing is so they collaborated with all the directors of the other movies. Um I didn't see anything written about John Watts, but like James Gunn was um involved and he's the one who suggested Rubber Band Man. Who who did that? James Gunn. Cool. And then uh uh Derek or uh, Scott Derrickson was involved with Doctor Strange stuff, so they would be able to... I don't know. If the, I mean, this is businessinsider.com, so I feel okay. like it's kind of reputable. Try it. Uh, Chris Hemsworth was paid $150,000 for Thor. One. Whoa. That's crazy. Talk about high returns on that. Yeah. I, mean, I wonder if he got points. Like Avengers Endgame, he made around between $50 million and $200 million. This is according to Maxim.com. Robert Downey Jr. is undoubtedly the highest paid actor in the Marvel Universe. He was paid a modest 500000 for the first Iron Man. And despite his few scenes in Spider-Man Homecoming, taking only three days to shoot, he pocketed a cool $5 million or $1.66 million per day. Whoa. For the first Avengers movie, his paycheck increased to a staggering $50 million, And as if that wasn't enough, the actor walked away with at least $75 million for Infinity War. That's insane. If that is true, because that's that's like half, that's like a third of the budget of the movies that he's in. I just I get so conflicted about those things because it is like, I mean, he's incredibly talented at his job. He's he's has high worth. I'm not discrediting that at all. But especially now, he mostly is just voice acting in these movies. Yeah, I I think it's fine. I feel like they're just paying him for his face, but I just I just get conflicted because it's like, and it, and obviously it's money he earned. Yeah, but it's like that is so much money to give to one person. Yeah, it's like, just, I just say like it, I feel like <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how to say it this or anything, but it's like you could just do so much with that money. Well, it's just one of those things. It's like if if if. Uh, you know, if Marvel was like, "Hey, we wanted to give, um, we wanted to give fifty million to charity, but instead we gave it to Robert Downey Jr." They're not doing that, so no, it's not I like know, he's know, taking I know, I know. money yeah. away. It's not like he's being irresponsible that we know of. That's and, not and what I mean. It's honestly, I mean, it's kind of like you know how the the music industry changes, where these people sign these contracts and they get like no money for making these albums, and the record company does. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like okay, Robert Downey Jr. They're paying him. Somewhere between fifty and a hundred million. Well, I'm sure good he a, for him. He is a really good, really good agent. Oh yeah, I I wonder if people Lawyer will be able too. to afford him for anything else. I know. <laughs> um. So that's why he was in the judge. This is something I I wanted to throw at you is that uh, they they um 
They collab the the writers. I'm just saying this again because I'm going to cut a lot of that earlier stuff. The writers collaborated with the directors of the other yes. parts of the movies in this movie. Yes. So, um, like Gunn has this quote where he was saying that they made sure they were involved. Um, and they were, so he's talking about the Guardians. So he wanted to make sure they were well taken care of and are as funny as they should be and as honest and truthful as they should be. And he suggested the Rubber Band Man song. Scott Derrickson, would, so they'd send him a script and he'd be like, ooh, Doctor Strange, like, would maybe wouldn't do this. Or maybe I, I don't like him saying this, but he should Smart. say this. Um, I didn't see anything about John Watts with Spider Man, but I'm sure that they. Uh, uh, talked with him as well, and Taika Waititi. I, I think originally, or Waititi, they didn't have um, Thor as funny and 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 whatnot. And then Chris Hemsworth kind of said, "Well, actually, the character's a little different now after Th- Ragnarok, so we should probably kind of um, bump up his humor level." Um, and then they do the classic sequel thing. They split up the teams, and that was really intentional so that they could actually get to the core of what these characters are trying to accomplish and their emotions ra- mm-hmm. rather than just these huge ensembles all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, That's interesting because I feel like there wasn't a lot of Captain America mm-hmm. and Black Widow. Um and I feel like that's just in a way, I mean, they, they have their due in the next movie yeah. for sure. But in this movie, it's like, maybe they just didn't need them yet. In, yeah, term, think, in terms of character development, they didn't need them for this movie. Yeah, they I don't needed think the so. other people, which just makes a lot. It's just, just it's good. Cause like you're exactly saying is they paced it all out very well. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, they had a draft that featured Thanos as the film's narrator and utilized a non-linear structure and also had backstories for the Black Order members, which are the um, his right-hand people. Oh, cool. And then, that's a quote, by the way, and then uh, there were around 900 hours of footage for both movies so that the editors had to constantly cut and cut and cut and cut and cut because they had around 900 hours. I'm assuming that also includes alternate takes because mm-hmm. I'm sure they didn't film a 900-hour long movie. Mm-hmm. But... Well, that's multiple cameras. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Multiple cameras, too. Yeah. So um, all of that is insane. That's all I have. But then but I like, remembered um, I did want to mention the Thanos thing. We were watching. Th- there's all these. Um, we can I ask you a question first. Yes, 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 yes. So this is probably it. I probably already know the answer to the question. But like, so you shoot the movie and then you you need to do all the VFX stuff. That mm-hmm. happens before editing, right? Like when the editors get the movie is there still stuff? Is there still like green screen? I am not sure, but I would imagine so because they don't want to have to do all the work if they're going to cut it out. Yeah. Interesting. So I, I think they get like a basic amount of um, like pre-visualization. Yeah. So they might have like kind of computery graphics that aren't very realistic. Sounds like a nightmare. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about Thanos and the, the technology behind him. He has this crazy mask that like has a has a uh a microphone on it and then it has this light that projects on him and and there's all these videos you can look up well, and there are two this looked like there were two cameras several feet above his head connected to him on a harness i don't think those were cameras i think those were eye lines for the actors oh that would make sense so that they know I to look up at cameras, his though, because of perspective well i guess there weren't really many. yeah there weren't like any perspective shots because i remember yeah what, they're probably eye yeah. level things because he's eight feet tall so they had yeah. to yeah. make sure the actors are not staring at josh brolin or yeah. his stand-in 
It's hard, but you can't. You can't <laughs> stare at him. <laughs> but then, then the other crazy thing is, um, they have him like go into this booth that has like sixty cameras in it, and it 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 it. it it like composites his entire face. So basically, they create a model of Thanos's face. Josh Brolin does all the acting, and then they input the information from his acting and all the the little wrinkles and and his the way he moves his eye and his mouth. And then they put that into the model and blend the two together. Just mind blowing, mind blowing stuff. I mean, the the technology has come so far, and he looks incredible in mm. the movie. I mean, he looks incredible. Mm. And then uh, the other thing is, I don't remember, but Josh Brolin really rules, and he we'll is rules. It. So we'll you hit me with what you got. I only got three peepers. Um, the first one is, this one that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Branagh has an, is uncredited. Really? As the Asgardian distress call. At the beginning of the movie. Loki. I thought that was Loki. Did that not sound like Loki to you? It didn't sound like Loki to me, but I couldn't okay, remember who it was. It sounded like Loki. Because I no, recognized the of, voice. It's Kenneth Branagh. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, And then we have Carrie Coon, who plays... Oh, crap. What was her name? <laughs> I didn't write down the character's name. Oh. She's one of the uh, Thanos' right-hand people. The, the one girl. of the Black Order. The girl. She, yeah, she's the only girl, so... um, Interesting. Her first acting credit was in 2013. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, she's so good. Yeah. So she's in Gone Girl, Fargo, The Show, The Post, and Widows. I forgot she's in The Post. Wait, is that her only movies? Or you're, those are That's just the notable pretty, ones? Pretty much her only movies. Wow. Um, what a nice career. I know. Well, I let me let me look something up super quick. But it looked like she had been in a lot of, involved in a lot of like award shows. Or she was like on, she had acting credit, acting credits and quotes for like, being on Good Morning America or something. Okay. So I wondered if hmm, she's on. Oh, wait. What am I looking at? Yeah, I am. Okay. There's just like no acting credits at all. She's on a couple like Law and Order, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's it. Yep. I was thinking maybe she was on Broadway. Oh, but okay. She doesn't even have like, sometimes they put like a Tony Award. Yeah. Because she was there, but no. Huh. That's Crazy. kind of odd it to just, just makes you wonder, of... what did she do before this? Yeah. Because I... if she had been trying to act, you would think like all of the Law & Order stuff, which she has, but it's only like three of those kinds of shows on her bio. So it's huh. like... This is her midlife crisis, being a bio. successful just, actress. She just read her Wikipedia after this. Um, did you hear what I said? No. I said, this is her midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going quite well. Yeah. Um, and then Tom Von Lawler, who plays Ebony, Ebony Ma. Ma. Who is his like Thanos' super right hand man? Um, He's the guy that's always like, "Rejoice, for you will become the children of Thanos." Yeah, he's super cool. He's very cool. He's in Peaky Blinders one episode. He's in the Infiltrator. He's in this movie in Endgame. Infiltrator is that the the Brian Cranston, Brian Cranston movie? movie? Okay, and then he's going to be, I think, a star in this new movie called Dublin Murders. Okay, just like a, a crime drama. Cool. That's it on him. That's it. Yeah. Is that, did you already say three? You did say three. Yep. Cool. I know. It, I don't know if I, did I talk about Josh Brolin like at any point? I don't People's think so. People's Josh Brolin. It's the, yeah. it's Big Brother from Goonies. It's uh, No Country for Old Men. It's Inherent he, Vice. He's had, oh, I forget he's in that. It's uh, in the terrible Spike Lee movie of Old Boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, he's has one of like if you could pick an actor's career, like that would be the career you'd want or something. He would probably be in my like top five choices of like, oh, if I had to be someone in Hollywood, I would want to be him. Yeah, he's pretty cool because he has such a great career and he he almost never misses. And even things like um, you know, because around the time this came out, he was in Deadpool two and uh-huh. he was Cable. Mm-hmm. And it's like even though that movie sucks, he's good in it and he does a good job. Um. But yeah, he ends up having an interesting character arc in a movie that was pretty boring. Yeah, and um, he's he's in Sicario. Sicario, and, that was the other one I was trying yeah. to think of. Um, and Everest, he's people, in Everest too. Oh, okay, people should really rewatch Goonies because I think that'll like when I found that out. I mean, I've known about it for a while now, mm-hmm. but when I found that out, it like blew my mind <laughs> yeah. because I'm just thinking like that looks nothing like him. And then you you people people watch Goonies again because then you're like that is Josh Brolin. Yeah, he was cute. Like yeah. a cute, like, uh, he, he wanted to be a popular guy, but he was still like a, like just a, he was trying to be a jock, but everyone yeah. still hated him. I just, he's, he's so good in that movie, movie too. Yeah. yeah. That, what a stacked cast that movie has. So let's jump in. So the movie begins with Thanos on the ship that had left from Thor Ragnarok. It starts like immediately at the, after the credit scene of, of, Thor Ragnarok. Well, I mean, we can assume probably hours later because he's on board the ship. Everyone's beat up. No, well, remember at the end of that movie, they're like, "Okay, where are we going?" And Thor said, "We're going to go to Earth." Oh no, and but I mean, ship was right I assume there. they put up a fight that probably took a while, so not immediately. Well, I well, was I was splitting. If hairs. you remember the distress call, they're saying that they need help. Oh this yeah, this is not uh, this is not an armed ship. Yeah, yeah. Well, what? I'm just I'm just saying <laughs> it. They probably didn't fight back because they couldn't. <laughs> okay. What? I was just splitting hairs, and then you wound up splitting them even further, and I'm like, nobody cares about the exact timeline. I'm done. Um, okay, and thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Um, so Thor gets on the ship and kills everyone. Thanos, yeah. yeah whatever. <laughs> the, the TH thing's really going to throw me off. Me too. Um, so Thanos gets on the ship and kills everyone, and you hear Ebony making that speech about everyone's becoming Thanos' children, your meaningless existence is finally going to mean something. Kind of interesting that he's the first person we see in the entire movie. Yeah. We we see him stepping over bodies and like someone stabbing someone in the background. And he's the first person we see. It's very somber, dark. And then. And the score is just doing that. But then Loki, is it Loki talking Mm -hmm. to to Thanos? And blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Hulk comes and starts fighting Thanos. And you're, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, it's Hulk. It'll be, I mean, he'll at least like put up a good fight. Yeah. Hulk gets hurt very badly and gets beamed back to Earth. Because, I mean, if he didn't, he'd probably die. Yeah. Right there. Um, and the reason why Thanos has come here is because he came for the te- Tesseract. Like yeah. he was going to Asgard. Which Loki it, has. Which Loki has. Well, and, and, and he already has one stone, which we can assume he got from Xandar, from destroying Xandar. Which the, they the say. The power they stone. Say. Oh, they do say I, that. Um, um, when Thor is on the guardianship. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he said that he destroyed Xandar. That's when I was getting a piece of cake. Because uh-huh. I've already seen the movie three times. This is my fourth time watching it. So pretty familiar with this one. So, yeah. So then you see the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, what's, I think what's cool about the Tesseract, because like... In rewatching these movies pretty close together now, you know, I'm 
I'm making a lot more connections that I didn't previously. Oh, yeah. So it's oh, like, yeah. okay, the Tesseract is actually really important. Like they made a big deal about it in, in, in the first Avengers. But it's just always been the, squ- the cube. Yeah. And then when he breaks he it. He breaks it. Because you're just like, no, you can't break. That's the Tesseract. But it wasn't the cube he wanted. It was the, yeah. the Infinity Stone inside the cube. Which they've just never talked about. Yeah, so which is just, so cool. Yeah, so he just crushes it and gets it. And that one is the... That is the space stone, so you can like yeah. portal to different places. Yeah. And then the one he starts with is the power stone. And what's cool um, that I... Th- I, th- I don't know if we talked about this. We talked about this in the Captain America first Avenger episode, but we can talk about it more now, is that the all the stones are kind of um, MacGuffins, from the beginning of the movies. They do have powers, so you could like maybe argue that they're not MacGuffins, but they do just kind of like, we need to get that stone. The stone needs to take care of stuff. And it's like, it will it can destroy everything. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay, superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. And then I think that what's so interesting about Infinity War and Endgame, and, and I think even the, the writers still refer to them as MacGuffins, but in my humble opinion... This movie like reverses that they're MacGuffins because they become so integral to the plot and like each stone has so many things that it can do that actually affect the outcome of the plot that mm-hmm. they they become like anti-MacGuffins and they become actually like um, small characters in a way that that huh? it's that I mean some are more important than others but like the time stone is has like a really big effect on the plot mm-hmm. and so I think there's room to be said for maybe the these aren't really classical definitions of MacGuffins. Um, I remember watching a YouTube video where someone made this big argument about how he 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 said they should call it something else. I can't remember what he called it though, because it not don't call it a MacGuffin, but call it something else. Yeah, because it doesn't really follow the classic Alfred Hitchcock definition of a MacGuffin. Because that though are we talking about this and we argued about it. We did argue Guardians about it, too. but we're not going to argue this time because this time you I think you agree with me. Uh, but it's just like the MacGuffin is you can like switch it out with anything. It doesn't really matter. And these you can't in these two movies because they they are they do have such specific in, uh, parts of the plot. I'm just saying I think that's really cool. It's almost like they're flipping that like that way of telling a story into something else. Mm-hmm. That's just really, really cool to are me. Are we finally going to go off this dumb ship? <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, another cool thing about the beginning of this is we just see right away that when he fights Hulk and Thor, we're like, okay, this guy really does mean business because he beat like the two most powerful Avengers. Yeah, yeah. and kills Loki. Kills Loki, kills, kills um, the Idris, Idris Elba. Elba. <laughs> <laughs> but kills Loki to where you're like, we have seen Loki die before, quotes. Mm-hmm. And this time you're like, I think he just died. Yeah. For sure. And then, and and he says no resurrections this time. Yeah, because he's worked with them before. Yeah. Um. So then, he he they like split up after Thanos and his Pete like a couple of those people split up the Ebony and that and the big big dude, guy they go to Earth Thanos and those other oh no and then he sends the other two people to Scotland because of Vision yeah and then oh yeah because there's two stones on Earth which yeah. is crazy and then Thanos, Thanos goes, goes to um the collector nowhere yes he goes to nowhere yes so he but he does leave thor alive but basically just leaves him to die mm-hmm. um so then the next thing we see is um earth hulk crashes into dr strange's thing 
Yes, home. the Sanctum. Sanctum, yeah. And he says Thanos Which is, is coming. interesting because that's the first time they've, like, Doctor Strange has never met any Avenger yet. Has he not? I don't think so. Oh, he's met Thor. Because in Thor Ragnarok, he's the only he's time. It's the thing, the thing is, like, he's aware of their existence. But because, and I think this is cool about Doctor Strange and his movie, it's like, his whole powers and everything is very religious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stuff. So, like, he, he is just a man existing in his own element. Yeah. And it's like, he doesn't need, he doesn't, like, feel, need that certain responsibility to be like, I can do this now. I'm going to join the Avengers. He's like, no, he's, like, protecting his sanctum. Yeah. So then Hulk comes. And this and is the first that. time Hulk has been back to Earth. Since, of, uh, Since Ultron. Infin- uh, Ultron. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. He leaves on the last Avengers movie, comes back in the next one. Yeah. Um. So then they enlist Tony and we see Tony talking to Pepper Potts and we're like, oh, so I guess they've had a lot of relationship stuff all off screen. And they're talking about having a kid now. See more on that in our Spider-Man Homecoming episode because we thoroughly discussed the fact that their their whole relationship ever since Iron Man 3 is not given service and you just have to assume. Yeah. Happy for him. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. So... um Tony goes back to the sanctum with Doctor Strange, whole or Bruce mm-hmm. and Wong. Um, yeah, and they 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 are just basically the Infinity Stones are explained yet again in yes. this franchise. Importantly, we we need this, those things to be explained to us because it's mm-hmm. been a long time since we've heard the Infinity Stones spiel. Um, and it's very quick, quick, and the there's effects, so it looks cool. Also, I don't know that they were explained in this amount of. De- oh, in Guardians One, they were. Explained yeah, they were in pretty well. Detail. They've yeah. been pretty well explained, but so just again, which is good. You need to. Yeah. So because even even if you're just like casually putting on Infinity War, it's nice to be like, oh yeah, that stone's ass. Okay, 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 exactly. okay, okay. Because there's I'm ready. so many. So then that also finding out that you know Doctor Strange revealing that he has one of the stones. Yeah, so they, yeah. They are in danger. Um. And they discuss doing the classic. A Gimli move of destroying one of the stones so that he can't use it. Mm-hmm. And um, what's what's interesting? I wonder if they had, if he would have failed. I mean, he would have, right? Because later, it's not when they destroy the stones in Endgame. It doesn't um, like affect Earth or anything like that. No. So interesting. Um, what's it cool in terms of great acting? Um, is Tony and Doctor Strange really like? They butt heads immediately. Oh yeah, this right is a good bat. good thing you. And I I remembered because when I first saw it, it's just like usually I'm just thinking like oh they're just two dudes that both have powers and they both think they're great, uh-huh. so they're just try, like fighting for leadership. But Tony and Doctor Strange see Doctor Strange episode are the same people. They're both. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is like the. Uh marvel universe our podcast with the marvel universe is starting to become like well if you want to hear more about that you have to listen to this look at the appendix yeah (laughs) go ahead Um, so they're the same person you see the dr strange movie and you see that he was uh very egotistical very into himself and the movie was about him letting learning that it's not about him Mm -hmm. so then you see tony throughout his three movies pretty much the same thing mm-hmm. so it's like well of course they would argue because they both want to be in control because they're both used to being in control of every situation very nice acting credits on both of them he, dr strange would be a pretty interesting leader of the avengers if they ever pursued that route yeah because i think he'd be very unorthodox compared to tony whereas uh spider-man becoming leader of the avengers would i want that to happen but he'd also be very 
he'd always be thinking that he's not good enough. And or Doctor Strange would, would be confident. Do. Yeah. Interesting. Side note. Um, so then we have the Black Order attacks Earth. Well, before that. Okay. Hulk is like, we need to get the Avengers together. He hasn't been there for a very long time. Right. So which means he was not there for, for Civil War. Right. And Tony's like, oh, man, we Avengers is not a thing anymore. We broke up. Me and Steve haven't talked to each other in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then Bruce says, this is the moment where it doesn't matter who you're talking to or not talking to. Yeah, so he has that, is... Which in Civil War, when it ended, it had Steve, right, getting the phone. No, Steve sent, Steve sent Tony, Tony the phone. Like the burner phone. Yeah, which Stan Lee gave to him. Yes. Um. So... He has the phone in his pocket and he's about mm-hmm. to call Steve and then something starts happening outside. And this, I remember when we went and saw this movie in theaters for both of us, this is when it locked in that I was like, oh no, this movie's amazing. Yeah, this, and this and part the was same done with you. So well. Because like the wind starts blowing. But there's no music. No music. And it's been pretty like music heavy so far. And then the door opens and Tony walks outside and everyone is screaming and running. And and it's it's like it brings in this level of in the past when cities are attacked, it's this like epic feel. And this one's like frantic, like chaos that mm-hmm. you feel kind of like children of men. This is foreboding. Something yeah. bad is happening. And this car like crashes in front of Tony. Looks like it's about to hit him and stuff. And then they they go and it's kind of this long tracking shot. Long being like 30, 35 seconds. But long it's for these movies. It's still like, oh, wow, they committed to that idea. That's really cool. And um and that's when I was just like, okay, now now they're like they're getting a little more artistic in these movies. Like they're they're, I know that they've been accused of playing by numbers, and we've definitely seen that in these movies. But I think, like with Black Panther, this movie, this is when they're starting to be like, okay, we're on top of the world. We can kind of do whatever we want, and people will be okay with it. So we can do a weirder, more scary part mm-hmm. of a movie, and people are not going to be upset at us. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they get two billion points, two point zero six billion dollars. Yeah, and um, you know, then they're having, then they have a big battle, and in in this battle, I wanted to mention there's a shot where um, Iron Man like pulls his sh- suit mm-hmm. and and it like comes up out of his jacket and stuff, and we watched a visualization of it, a, a special effects thing. And as far as I can tell, it's one hundred percent CGI down down to Robert Downey Jr. His face CGI'd. And and his hands. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if there's some compositing done there. Yeah, yeah. But it looked like from the the previs that you can look up online, it, it's 100% CGI, which has to go up there on like some of the best facial CGI ever because yeah. you would never notice. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm a, thinking that maybe they did like paste his face onto it. But even then, I don't know it works for sure because it's a constantly moving shot. Yeah. So. Um. And so they have the this big fight. The fight seems super cool because it, it's very creatively done. Like what Ebony does, like what he can do. He's basically a telekinetic. Yeah. So what he, I I just really like. But I love how like careless he is about it. No, he it's not. I wouldn't not say careless. careless. He he's confident. Yes, because he he like has one hand behind his back and he just like commands things to like move for him. Yeah. And that part when when Doctor Strange like sends the shards of glass back to them and they hit him in the face. Yeah. He he. The way the actor reacts to that is less of like, oh my gosh, I'm hurt. It's like his pride was hurt. He's yes. like, I can't believe that I just got hit by this guy. Yes. How foolish. Yeah. So that I really like that stuff, especially when it gets down to him and Doctor Strange fighting each other because yeah. the dinosaur thing goes off with um, uh, sorry, 
Robert, and then Spider-Man shows up, and then you see Bruce can't turn into Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, Hulk won't come out of him. Yeah, um, which, which is really interesting. Has a nice payoff in yeah. Endgame. And then, so yeah, so then Spider Man shows up to kind of like save. Stan Lee was driving his bus as they were leaving. Yes. Keep going. Um, to kind of save that moment. And then Wong is also there. Really funny moment when Wong opens up a portal to like Antarctica and the thing, the dinosaur thing falls through it. And he's trying to jump back and he closes it on him cuts and it's like his cuts off. his hand off. And um, and then Robert Downey or Tony turns him and he's like, Wong, you're invited to my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> It's really great. So then that's done. However, uh, Doctor Strange has been kidnapped by Ebony. And they're and going up into the spaceship. Back into that donut spaceship thing. And Spider-Man's like, I'm, I got him. So he's on the ship. But he still has like, a, like he, the suit he's wearing is not space cap- like capable. Mm-hmm. So then Tony gets his new suit sent out to him and like put on him as he's falling. Yeah, and it's the Iron Man yeah. or the Iron Spider. And Iron suit. Man's like already up about to get into the ship and he's like, Go home, kid. Like you're thanks for helping. You're you're good. Yeah. And he like Spider Man gets into the ship because which is good, because if he didn't, who knows what would yeah, happen. Yeah, because he is the reason that they're able to save Doctor Strange. Yeah. Exactly. So he does play a pivotal yeah. part. So they both get on the ship. Um and then I think that's when we transition to We hear do 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 and then right when that music starts, I think I think Jordan and I looked at each other in the theater with big smiles on our face, and I think I kind of hit her because we're like the Guardians. And we then probably both hit each other. When when I saw that first shot, you see where it shows Quill and he's singing along to the music, and then it pans down to Drax, who's asleep after he says, "Drax, take it away." Yeah, and he's just asleep. I was like, "Oh my gosh, they're nailing the characters." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this movie. Yeah. This movie's probably the best one so far. Is yeah. how I felt in the moment. Me too. And and like they're nailing everybody. And um, the thing, th- th- this this is when I, every time I watch the movie, I'm just kind of astounded. This is such a huge movie, and I I don't know that people give it enough credit for the fact that they like nail every single character that they present uh, yeah. in terms of what they've been um, provided before. We'll get into a couple of characters luckily, that are underserved. Luckily, about sorry, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, but. But you like Iron Man is still Iron Man in this movie. Spider Man still Spider. All the characters are like what we know them. Whereas in some other series, like when another director takes over, um, I have no examples to cite this at the moment. But you'll see like, oh, that character like doesn't feel like that character. Well, actually, a good example, even though I like Last Jedi, Finn to me in the Last Jedi didn't feel like the Finn that I saw in the Force Awakens. It was like a new writer, new director, which is not necessarily bad. Um, but it's like, oh, this character's a lot different from the previous. Think about movie. it this way too. So in Infinity War, writing's really great. They consulted all the other directors on characters. Totally, really great. Also, most of these characters have been, most of these actors have been doing this for a while, ten years. So they they know how to act. So even if it's written in a certain way, they know how to act it as their character because they've been doing it for so long. Or I'm sure. Like, especially Robert Downey Jr. If something wasn't written very well, maybe he would probably consult the director on, like, I don't think he would say it that way. So I feel like in a way it was, it was like very well managed. And Mm -hmm. I would assume, hopefully, even though it's Disney and Disney can be kind of crazy, but pretty open about that stuff to make sure that it's done well. Well, and, and I think of a scene like like when they first show up at Earth and they're like, you guys are the children of Thanos and stuff. And it's one of my favorite lines in the movie for some reason. But when Tony Stark's like, I'm sorry, Earth is closed oh, today. I, yeah, I love that. And the way he says it, you're just like, that is so Tony. Like yeah. they just nailed it. Yeah. Um, 
it's just kind of crazy. It, in an odd way, it's kind of like, it's maybe less like credit to the directors and more to Kevin Feige and the producers mm-hmm. for like managing mm-hmm. these insane movies. Yeah. <sighs> All that to say, we finally get to Guardians. And they're, Our favorite. They're, we, they're going to... Because they heard a distress call, and you you know that they heard the Asgardian distress call, and they're going to see what hap- what's going on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- they get there, and there are just hundreds, probably thousands of dead bodies floating out in space. Yeah. And then one of them lands on their windshield. It's Thor. Yeah. And he's still alive. Obviously, I mean, he's a god, so like he's still alive. They get him in the ship. They continue with the hilarious Guardians uh, chemistry because. Thor is like passed out in their ship. They're all like looking at him and they're all, they're all like commenting <laughs> on how, how he is a perfect specimen. And Drax is like, no, this is a man. You are not a man. And then Rocket yeah, says, you are a boy. Yeah. And then Rocket says, Quill, you're one sandwich away from fat. <laughs> and then Drax is just like, yeah, you're getting fat. You and know what? This has been a wake up call. Yeah, I'm going to get, get a bow flex. flex. I'm going to commit. <laughs> and I'm going to get some dumbbells. And Rocket says, Quill, you can't eat dumbbells. <laughs> <laughs> and even Gamora's like, his muscles are like metal you know she yeah, like says yeah. something it's just so funny so then also i feel like the the comment about him being fat is maybe kind of like a meta comment about how he's andy from parks and rec because that's still like so close to his identity maybe it's not yeah but i just always think of andy when they say that where it's like yeah he is one sandwich away from being andy that's what yeah. i think <laughs> like you know all the time he's current always because <laughs> that's chris pratt to me is andy <laughs> and star lord yeah. so um so the mantis wakes up thor Mm-hmm. And then and then they all meet each other, get acclimated to what's going on with them. Thor's talking about Thanos, and all of them are like, "Who? What?" And except for Gamora, no, no, no. I mean, but they're all like, oh. "How do you know Thanos? Oh, like, what's okay. your relationship?" Oh, and then that's when Thor finds out that Gamora is Thanos's daughter, and basically Thor just being like, "Okay, I'm taking your pod. I'm going to." to to somewhere to to make that axe that's gonna kill him yeah yeah and they're just like you can't you're not just gonna steal he's like no i'm i'm taking it because i can't which is still that thor pretentiousness that he mm-hmm. still has um also clearly just denying all of the losses that he has gone through pretty dramatically and pretty quickly in terms of timeline he's yeah. just keep moving he, he's not he's not taking any moment to reflect on what's going on until he's forced to with rocket in the airpod yeah, let's just talk about that scene right okay, now. Okay, so Rocket Groot, Groot's a teenager in this movie. Great, because all he does is wants to play video games. Hilarious. Yeah. So Rocket, Groot, and Thor are in an AirPod going to, I forget what the place is called, but it's where these beings create, like, divine weapons. Yeah. Um, which is where the Infinity Gauntlet was created. Cool. Yeah. So um, Rocket, so they're, they're traveling there. It takes some time. So Rocket starts talking to Thor about like, oh, so your brother died. And he's like, yep. And Rocket's just like, oh, that can be annoying. And yeah. he's like, but you like, what about your dad? It's like dead. And then he talks about his sister. Well, he's like dad dead from a sister that I didn't know that, that, uh, that I, I had. also had to kill. And, uh, he's like, oh, what about your mom? And he's like, she's dead. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that he's like trying to power through the conversation, but every time he says one, you're like, "Ooh." And then boy. I think he, I kind of, it's, I kind of wish I remembered more specifically, but like in the questions that Rocket asks, it's just like, it almost feels like he's saying, "Why do you keep doing? What do you? What do you? What mm-hmm. is your rather than murderous intentions?" But like, what are you fighting for anymore? Because you've lost everything. Yeah. And 
Thor is just saying he's he's like I have killed you know I've been alive for 1500 years and I've killed men twice that number and it's always been men who've wanted to get revenge on me and kill me and I've always won and I think that the reason I survived is like my divine purpose to kill Thanos like he thinks yeah. it's his given right to do it I think Rocket just said something like, you know, like, what if that doesn't happen? Like, what what will happen if that happens or anything? And I think the scene just kind of ends well, there. I think Thor or that would, conversation ends. I think Thor just says something like... It won't. Yeah, but he's cr- like a tear comes down his face. Yeah. Because he finally is like kind of thinking about everything. Yeah. And thinking about how he's lost everything. He has nothing. What does he really have to fight for? Because his people were all killed. Yeah. So... It's, it's really good. What, but the thing we mentioned is how like this movie finally has him deal with those the issues that had Thor Ragnarok uh, been written a little better, mm-hmm. they would have dealt with in those movies. I mean, mm-hmm. they still probably would have had the scene in Infinity War, but like I'm like, oh, there's the emotional payoff to Thor Ragnarok. Weird that I didn't get that in the movie about Thor. And he doesn't have like, like he does have growth in the movie, but it's not, it's, I feel like he has more growth in this movie than he has in that movie. Mm-hmm. And he's gets, you know, maybe 20, 25 minutes of screen time, you know? know. Well, probably more than that, but still. Um, and then we go to Scotland and we see Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch and Vision. And we have to talk about it. And now it. they're sharing a hotel room and they're together very intimately. And then after, you know, before we watch Civil War. She calls War, him Viz. Did you catch that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> before we watch Civil War, it's like, okay, maybe this will like, you know, remember us how they got together. I don't remember. I don't remember how they got together. It's not even a throwaway line. In Civil War, there's not even sexual tension. No. Not really at all. Other than like, they're good friends. They're not good friends, remember though? He has her, he's the one that has to keep her in that building. Yeah. And then he kind of like sets her free, but it's like kind of like a, you're powerful. You should help out. There's no, there's like no sexual tension no. at all. No. So then this movie, they're together. They're together. Um, It's all just assumed off screen, no throwaway line. I mean, I don't think that they should have wasted their time. Well, okay, I wrote this down. This is kind of a catch 22 because they haven't given time to their relationship. I don't care about it, but because I don't care about it, I don't want to know about their relationship yeah. and I don't want them to spend time on it. Yeah. So it's kind I, of like, but honestly, I would take a throwaway line. They've done it before. <laughs> like I think I said in a past episode and Thor Ragnarok, they get on earth and someone's like, sorry, Jane broke up with you. And it was really cheesy, but like they, and it, they just had to do it. And it does translate to sorry, Natalie Portman didn't sign her new contract. Yeah, And it's <laughs> dumb, it, but it's like, where do you place that in the movie? Yeah. You don't, but you have to. Clearly, they don't think that they have to, though. Same with Homecoming, when Pepper Potts is just back in the picture, and it's like, okay, where's the throwaway line about them getting back together? Nothing. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. I guess it's none of my business, And except I'm, it is. I'm assuming that when they do the WandaVision show that comes out, I believe, next fall, on um, Disney Plus, I am assuming because it stars both Be- Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, um, that Olsen. It, Olsen. Did I say Olsen? Yeah. Oops. Um, Olsen. I'm assuming that it is going to cover that time period for in Civil War, um, which would be cool. And maybe maybe that'll kind of like fix the mistake. I still think it's not good. Like they haven't been written well, but maybe they can kind of be like, "Sorry, here you go. Check it out. Look, see, yeah. see." And then we'll go. Oh, they were brilliant. They were saving that, even though they're like, "We just made that up after the fact." Yeah, whatever. 
<sighs> then we cut to Gamora when she's a young girl. Oh, also, Caitlin Olsen lost her a- accent. Oh, yeah. Absolutely no accent. Very weird. We didn't mention, though, that the other right, Th- Thanos' right hand, the guy and the girl show up to Scotland. Oh, yeah. And then, and you see Captain America walk out. And then we see our boy Falcon. And, and we, we see, see our girl, girl Black Widow, <laughs> who we've totally. But it was funny when this happened. We, uh, Falcon swings in, and I'm like, that's our guy. And if you remember in Winter Soldier, we had both talked about how we didn't really like him. And now we really do. And then if you listen to our Civil War episode, you saw that we like changed our minds about uh, Black Widow. And so then when Scarlett Johansson came on screen, I'm like, and that's our girl. Yeah. <laughs> so we have changed our minds officially on those characters. Um, Falcon, though, we like in all the movies. Black Widow is still not so great in all of them. And but I think the a later lot of that is really because good. of sexism. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, but uh, then we, you know, they fight them off and... Um, then we go to Gamora when she's a young girl. And this is when you're like, okay, you had me at the battle in New York scene, but now you've got me. Yeah. Um, because we see Thanos explain how the universe is out of balance to this little girl, and he has this knife that he, he explains how it's perfectly balanced. And you how, say they're on her planet. Oh, I didn't say that. They're no. on her planet, and you see in the background as he's talking to her, her people are separated in two different halves. Yeah. And then he's, he, he's explaining the balance of the universe to her. And mm-hmm. then they're shooting. And he, he like, l- makes her look away. But they're because this is what Thanos does, is he goes from planet to planet and kills half of the population. Yeah. Um, and his, his goal for getting the Infinity Stone is just to do that in one full, full swoop. With a snap of his fingers. Yeah. So he has already been doing what he wants to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that scene... You see, you see that relationship between Gamora and Thanos, and it's just like, okay, th- they really are delivering on the promise that this movie is. And then we go to nowhere, and while we're there, there's a Tobias Funke in one of the or collectors, the co- yeah. uh, cubicles, and Gamora. Makes, and the reason they're going there is because there's an Infinity Stone there, and the exact one that they need to get is the Reality Stone. Yes, and that's the one that's there. I think. Um, that's why they're there. Yeah. Yeah, you just said that. Uh, whoops. Um, and then uh, Peter Quill is told by Gamora that he needs to kill her if Thanos captures her. she knows her. the location of another Infinity Stone. Of the Soul Stone. Yes. And anyway, they have this big fight. Um, and It's actually not a big fight at all. It's not a big fight. But Gamora ca- like kills Surprise Thanos, basically. And, kills and she uses that knife that she used in the mm-hmm. flashback before, which is really crazy. Um and then the whole world starts wiping away, and you see that it's on fire, and everything was fake, and he had created a false reality. With the reality stone. And crazy, Peter tries to shoot her after a lot of great acting by both Zoe Saldana and Chris Pratt as, they're, as they say that they love each other. And then he shoots her, but the reality stone has made it his gun shoot bubbles. And what's crazy is that's the last time he sees Gamora. Because of course Thanos goes to Vormir, and uh, well, not not well, yeah. But we, I'm just because the movie's so long. I know. I just we have to like he takes her back to another place, and we see he has Nebula. Oh remember, yeah. Guardians two ended with her. She's like, I'm gonna go kill Thanos. That's right. And then they, wow, look at this kind of a throwaway line. He mentions how she snuck onto this ship to try and kill him. Was that so hard? 
But that one really works, though, because they set it up in Guardians 2. Because she's totally like, I'm going to buy yeah. a ship. And he's like, I reason- thought you just wanted to buy a nice hat. <laughs> the reason I didn't want to blow past this part is because, like, the... The effects are incredible. So cool. With Nebula because she is, Spread as we apart. know, she's pretty much a cyborg. Uh-huh. And she has been pulled apart. And it's so hard so to describe. Cool. You just have to see it, which I assume most people have already. Yeah. But like the way she is pulled apart is one of the most creative things I've ever seen. And what's cool is they have light shining on her. And yes. there's these small like light streaks that it are hitting her. It almost looks like she's being hung up. But she, that's yeah. not what's hanging. I mean, who knows? But and there's like dust floating around. I mean, oh my gosh, good job, visual so effects, good. guys. So then they go to, Vor- to Gamora and Thanos go to Vormir. And this was another moment. And still, I mean, most of these moments are still really effective for me. Mm-hmm. Um, another moment where they're walking around, they're doing their thing. And who shows up? The Red Skull from Captain America: First Avenger. But this time, he's not played by Hugo Weaving. Although but the you guy, wouldn't know that unless you wouldn't you looked know. It up. Yep, exactly. And it's he says that the stone like imprisoned him here, and he's like the guardian of this soul stone because um, he couldn't handle it when he finally acquired it. Yeah, which is cool because remember, like that's so see cool. Captain America episode when uh, you think that the he gets the Infinity Stone and it dissolves him. That's what it looks mm-hmm. like, but no, he held the the transportation stone. Yeah, which and means it, like, like can he explained it? It transported him so here. So cool, and he's like cursed. Yeah. And love and it. and I uh, what I love that they do about this movie, and I think in Endgame they do this sometimes too, is like they brought back a character that's dead, but they didn't undo the the importance of the death. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of especially comic book stuff like Bucky and even Captain America, which yeah, th- those are both fine, but it's still like oh Bucky's alive, I guess yeah, yeah, you yeah. know yeah. Um, I guess his death didn't matter so much. That's a classic comic book thing, but it's cool to bring them back in a different form. Like, for example, I think uh, I think there's another version of Vision that's like an even heightened version. Um, so if they ever like brought him back, and he's like this white it god, unfortunately, like, it would make a lot of sense that he could come back because he's a computer. Yeah, and that could be that potentially written well could be one of those things where you're like, cool, he's back, but he still did die, and like it mattered. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So we're on Vormir. Yes, we're on Vormir. And then beautiful, really like the landscape and like amazing. the very cool design. So they're up on this huge, 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 huge cliff altar looking thing. And they're like, how do we get the stone? And he says, you have to kill that which you love. Gamora starts laughing because she's like, this is so ironic. You finally have to do the one thing that you can't do because you don't love anyone. Yeah, you know. And then he turns around and he's crying. And then she she's laughing more. Tears. Yeah. Really? And then Red, the Red Skull like, says they're not for him. His tears are not for himself. Yeah. And so Thanos. He throws her off of this altar and then he gets the soul stone and Gamora dies. is dead. Yeah. And it's it's nuts seeing it now because kind of kind of like what I actually just said, but in Endgame, she's back. But it's a previous alternate version of herself that never met the Guardians of the Galaxy. So all of that character development and everything she meant to to the Guardians of the Galaxy is lost now, mm-hmm. which I assume will be what Volume Three is all about. But that is nuts. So like that version of her is completely gone. Crazy. Yeah. Um. So then let's cut to um. Don 
Cheadle. Yeah. Is at Avengers uh, headquarters. Yeah. And that's when Steve Rogers and Vision and Wanda show up. And it is important that William Hurt wasn't in that scene because... He's there as a hologram and he yeah. sees them. And then it's just basically reminding you that civil war happened right before this, mm-hmm. which would mean that um, Captain America is still like an outlaw. Yeah. Because what is that thing called that they signed? The Scovia or the Sokovia Accords. And that's still a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's, it's very important that they did that. Yeah. Very nice touch. Yeah. And then the, the other thing is that I want to mention Unfortunately, for some reason, they they do that bad thing that I don't like. Where Don Cheadle, in the last time we saw him, he broke his legs and became a quadriplegic, and now he has magic leg braces that they ended let him the movie walk. With I I know they ended it like that, but it's just like okay, so why did he have to break his legs? I think that's just I don't think there's no in, consequence no, 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 to that action. I, I don't think it's important that his legs were broken. I think it was important that. I don't remember who actually did it. I feel like it was Bucky. It was important. Vision actually shot him out of the sky. It's, it's important that they broke his legs. That's the important part. But, they, but why? They did something because the whole movie is the civil war, good guys against good guys. They uh-huh. both believe in something and they both disagree with each other. So much so that one of them broke the other person's legs in, yeah. in their belief. I think that's the important part. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. I just wish... So stop talking about <laughs> I it. I just wish there was a consequence to it. To me, it doesn't feel like there's a consequence. The consequence to it is that it further ruined it. their relationship. All right. All right. Case closed. Um, And then this first time Black Widow and Hulk see each other since Ultron. And they just make out hard. No, <laughs> but I don't. remember listening to an interview with the writers, and they they talked about how they just... At a certain point when you're writing a movie with this many characters, you have to just be like... Sorry, we can't devote a scene to Scarlet Witch. I mean, uh, Scarlet Johansson. Scarlet Johansson, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Johansson, Black Widow, and Hulk like reconnecting. They just didn't have time to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's certain sacrifices you have to make. I think they made the right call. Mm -hmm. Um, And they do share a look, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Then, yes, so we have Doctor Strange. Then we, the, the editing in this movie is very good. And they, they, it's paced really well, mm-hmm. but it is kind of crazy. Like when you go back to Doctor Strange, you're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's still stuck on this ship. That's how I always felt about watching Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. I always felt that way. Kind of follows a similar structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so Doctor, they, they kill Ebony Maw, Spider-Man and Iron Man and- Using an alien's method, like yeah, aliens for, the movie. Yeah. And, and then uh, they crash the ship on Titan and then- uh, the Guardians assume that he's coming to Titan because... Do they get hooked up with Nebula? No. The Guardian... Oh, no, yeah, because Nebula gets out of basically being imprisoned. Oh, yes. And calls the Guardians and says, meet me at Titan. Yeah. And so now all those two big groups are together on that. Um, and then... So then the Guardians break into the ship because they think Thanos is on it. So the Guardians and Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man all fight until they realize they're all on the same side. Mm-hmm. So then before Thanos shows up, they're all like, like uh, Tony's trying to make a, a make a plan with all of them. Yeah, yeah. And they for, like the, the Guardians are just like not listening because they just <laughs> don't listen to people. We're so here very, to take ass and kick names. Yeah, very funny. And then um, we see that Doctor Strange is looking at all of the possible outcomes 
which are 14,605 possible outcomes. And the only one, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. The amount of times that they can win is only one time. Yes. I said that in a weird way, but I, I said Which it. is so great. Um, and another thing I wanted to mention is just because this was this was my Ant-Man growing big in Civil War exciting moment was when the Iron Spider legs came out mm-hmm. when Spider-Man was in the ship. And in the theater, I think I was like, oh, you were. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. So now we're back at Wakanda. Uh to say the, that the 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 Earth team goes to Wakanda, mm-hmm. um, and it's nice weather. Uh, it's a, doesn't look super great in Wakanda, but it's okay. It's okay. I mean, that is the climate in Africa, so yeah. But it just kind of nah. whatever. But but one thing wanted to mention that we discussed last night was that what I thought was crazy the first time I watched this movie was Black Panther hadn't come out yet, and they do sort of double down on these characters. Um, even his side characters and stuff. And I, I just remember thinking like... Black Panther came out after this movie? No, it came out before. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it came out like... Uh, but they shot it at the same two, time. It, it came out two months before. Yeah. And they were shooting them, yeah, I think at the same time. Um, maybe Black Panther a little earlier. But what I just thought was crazy was like, they are taking a risk by like including him so much. Because if the movie sucked, people would come to... Uh, avengers with uh, the fresh perspective of having just seen black panther and been like Ugh, this guy's in it yeah or like it's great his side characters in it but they're all really yeah. cool and the um, the reason they go to wakanda is because they there is a way to get the infinity stone out of vision without killing him and yeah, the only yeah. person who can do it is Sochala's sister i don't remember her name i don't remember either but that girl yeah and then uh thor and rocket and Groot arrive at the star they forge the hammer um this well, we scene peter dinklage peter dinklage is a giant dwarf and you see that his, really his cool aunt thanos came told him make me the infinity gauntlet or i kill everyone he makes the infinity gauntlet for him thanos still kills everyone and turns his hands to stone so that he yeah. can't make anything for anyone else He's like, you can have your life, but your my your hands are mine. Yeah, it's just great because Peter Dinklage has such a tiny amount of time in this movie, and mm-hmm. he does so yeah, he's well great. in this in this part. Um, so yeah, so they make the make the axe, and they I, I feel like that shot when Thanos has to hold open Thor. <laughs> no, when Thor has to hold open the. Such a good superhero moment. I just feel like that—that that is an actual panel in a comic. Oh, it's got to be right because it's, it's such it's, a specific yeah, like. Hold. It just looks so specific to me, and it yeah. looks so—it looks so heroic. It's so and cool. godlike. So yeah, that was great. And what I just love about it, love yeah, about yeah, yeah. it, is so he—he he is opening it. A star is flowing through him, which means he is is burning him alive. I mean, uh-huh. if he wasn't a god, he would be killed. He would be killed just being out there. Yeah, <laughs> but. He is thrown back into the this the like star system. Yeah. And he's dying. And if he if he doesn't get the axe soon, he will die. Yeah. Um, and Peter Dinklage is like tree talking to Groot, like, help me find the handle. And Groot, this teenager who's been playing video games even up until this moment, finally looks up from them and like sees Thor like dying. And sees And you the see hammer. this like expression of like fear, oh. like like a child like fear on his face. And like like I know what the right thing to do is. But I don't know if I can do it. Yes. So then he he puts his his tree arm yeah. to create the axe, the handle for the axe, and chops his arm off. And, the, and Thor gets the axe. And I'm just like, no 
way. And what's funny is this movie is so action-packed and stuff, and this maybe is my favorite storyline in the whole movie. It's one of my favorite ones for sure. It's, it's probably second um, to the... To, to the Thanos stuff? Or Oh, yeah, yeah. To, to yeah. Well, I guess there's like eight different storylines. This, this part, though is is so good it's just so character driven i think that's why i connect with it so much because all the characters mm-hmm. get moved forward i mean rocket kind of stays the same but you see his chemistry with thor well also because knowing what rocket has previously gone through especially with yondu mm-hmm. he has become a better person i mean he's still a, yeah. a douche because it's rocket <gasps> but because i guess i have to put explicit ugh, on this episode no but he he actually like helps thor i feel like emotionally because in that scene when they're in the AirPod, like talking about what happened like in a way he and he doesn't even know it you know but like he is making thor face what has happened to him yeah by talking to him about it which is just using his character development and then thor arrives at wakanda when they're being attacked by the black order and he has the thunder he got the lightning and they're fighting and things are going pretty well and they're kind of saving the city. We're seeing all the action. Meanwhile, on Titan, they're like, okay, we got this plan. Th- uh, Thanos, I almost said Thor. Thanos arrives. They fight him. They almost get the gauntlet off. And I'm on Titan, you said? Yes. Um, I remember thinking that like at a certain point, this series kind of didn't care so much about the powers of individuals and more um, just punching hard in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think whilst that's kind of true, this scene actually every character has like unique abilities that mm-hmm. help stop Thanos and they work together as a team to mm-hmm. stop him. And then Peter Quill finds out that they that he killed Gamora and he starts punching his face while he's asleep because Mantis grabbed him. Mm-hmm. And they get the gauntlet off, but then he wakes up just in time to grab the gauntlet, put it back on, and then he defeats everyone in a way and then dr strange gives him the stone which it sounds like you weren't sure when we watched it but when i saw i was like oh i he's he knows what he's doing like he's not giving it to him because he's giving up he's giving it to him because he saw i mean probably saw several thousands outcomes kind of ending this way but the one that he saw he's like that that is a step that goes towards the right direction like we do which is mind-blowingly cool if there was only one way that they won that means he saw that they had to lose in order to win and he also saw that quill had to get upset Mm -hmm. and like not because in my head every time i watch the movie until this time i'm like man if he if he wouldn't have punched him then they could have stopped him and that was it but apparently dr strange saw an outcome where he didn't punch him and in that outcome uh thanos prevailed and they weren't mm-hmm. able to stop him. And w- what's just so crazy is like, you know, when you finish the movie and he snapped, you, I, it, it's just like the outcome that that Strange saw was an outcome that included the entire half of the population being destroyed. Yes. And counting on the Avengers getting back together yes. and going back in time and all that stuff, which is so freaking cool. Yeah. And it kind of turns on its head that trope in movies where they're like, you got to give me this thing. And the character gives it to him just because they're like, they feel like they have no other option, but it's like he gives it to him because it's what he should do. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like, because sometimes that annoys me in movies yeah, when you're yeah, like, yeah. you could just keep it hidden and you could die or you could let your team die. Yeah. Because you, that's what you should do. And it's, but a lot of the one, times in movies, that's what they say that they're going to do. 
Yeah, and then they don't do it, mm-hmm. which I do understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's not a bad well, trope. But... I mean, Doctor Strange said that exactly. He says if it comes between you or the kid or the Infinity Stone, I will not hesitate to let you two die. Yeah. And then he saw all of the outcomes. Yeah. So and Very... because because Tony that he does that does that Thanos leaves and Tony goes to him. Well, I guess Tony whatever. But there was a moment right when Tony looked at him and he's like, "Why did you do that?" Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. He did. And everyone's dissolving. He goes to him and he's like, "Why? Why did you do that?" And then he said, "We're in the end game now." Yeah. And then he just floats away. You're like, "That's the name of the movie." Ah! The next movie. Uh, yeah. And on this fight, Iron Man has this scene where he he's using his suit to do anything in the world, and I just want to point out. That his his powers from like Iron Man three on have just gotten so out of control where it's just like it's it's total do ex machina. His suit can do anything. Yeah. And it's a little annoying to me that there's like no limitations on his suit until Thanos is able to like destroy a lot of it. Just kind of annoying to yeah. me is all. I don't think that's the coolest thing in the world. Um and, and then there's that great scene where he does all that fighting and then he gets scraped Thanos and he wipes his face and he goes all that for a drop of blood. Mm-hmm. You're like, cause he's mm-hmm. had like a, a, like part of a crater, like land on him mm-hmm. and stuff. And then Thanos shows up in Wakanda. He's got all the stones, but one now. And, uh, he, uh, Wanda has to kill vision. She does. And then he just sends back time, grabs the stone Snaps his fingers and everyone and half well, of the population is he decimated. Does that, yes, it's important to, just to point out. Thor comes back. Oh well, he's already been back, but with oh, a yeah, beam yeah, yeah. of light and the axe, he stabs Thanos like in the heart. Uh huh. And he's like pushing the axe into his heart. Yeah. And Thanos says, "You should have gone for the head." And then you the the camera pans over to his hand to his hand and then he snaps his fingers yeah and then and and what's cool in that scene too before he snaps his fingers is in in my head i'm like okay i don't know how there's going to be a second movie because this is obviously when they fight him and they defeat him that's what i thought because i i hadn't seen this before in a blockbuster movie where it's like they fail they straight up fail at the end of this movie and and i'm just waiting for like oh here's thor okay he's got him He's going to do this. They'll mess it up a little bit. And I was like, how are they going to prevent him from snapping? Mm-hmm. Like for this long in the movie. Yep. So cool. Yep. And then everybody starts dying. Spider-Man has the great speech and he apologizes to Tony. He has a great speech. What not, does he well, say? Well, you know, not speech, but he's just acting like a kid. He's scared. And he's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I'm sorry. And he dissolves. And then the movie's over. And then you just sit in it. I think another really, like that one is the most emotional one to me when spider-man mm-hmm. goes away because he's responding as a child but the other one that's really scary Ugh, to me don't say it oh there's two but the first one it's one of the first ones it's when um t'challa's like bodyguards on the ground and he races over to her and he's like get up get up get up this is no place to die and she grabs onto his arm and then she falls back down because he dissolves and she's, yeah. she's looking around and there's no music whatsoever yeah and i'm getting just, chills just thinking so about scared. it yeah so then Happens to Spider-Man, but happens to all of the Avengers, and then because... Well, except for the original members. No, I sorry, I meant Guardians. All of yeah. the Guardians, and then you see Rocket has to watch Groot die a Again. second time. Awful. Yeah. Just awful. Yeah. That's that's one of the and worst ones. And Rocket's just looking at him, and he's just like, no. I, he says not again, doesn't he? I don't know if he says that. Okay, but... but yeah. Ugh. 
And then we just see Thanos. He goes to the countryside, and he's and he sits down, and the music plays. Well, he did exactly what he said he wanted. Like when this is all over, I'm gonna watch the sunrise on the universe. And you just see that he he, he accomplished his goal. So the movie is complete. It's over, and that's the end of Thanos' story in 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 this realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie ends. We we find out what happens to Nick Fury and Mar- Mary Maria Hill, and they both die. But he sends out a signal to Captain Marvel, and then the movie ends. And of course, people were rocking out of the theater, and they're like, "Everyone's gonna come back and stuff." Yeah. But I still thought to myself, like, the gall of these people, the moxie, if you will, for them to end. The, one of the most anticipated movies ever made with half of the people dying is so impressive. Yeah. And and I don't think that can be understated. Because no matter if they bring them back, you're still just like, they freaking had made us all sit in that for an entire year. That's nuts. And you know what's crazy about that is I remember re- realizing at one point that the people who died before he snapped his finger because you know the people who dissolve you're like okay they're they're coming back yeah but the people who didn't die that way they're just like you assume they're just dead and i was like does that mean gamora's gone i mean and Gamora's then, dead yeah. loki and idris elba um i think there's some other people uh, vision vision yeah. yeah i mean just nuts it's a great movie the movie truly delivers on the promise of okay this is the i think it was like the the 19th movie of the franchise where it was like you know what i just remember thinking like warts and all to build up to this movie i forgive it all because this is nuts yeah and as i was telling jordan last night like could you imagine if we were like seventh graders when this movie came out i would be like running around in the streets freaking out after seeing that movie like I already was just as a per, like as a twenty five year old, but it's still just like this is so incredible that they pulled this off. And what's even more incredible is I thought, okay, there's no way they're gonna stick the landing though, but I hope they do. I was like, I'm I'm in. I hope they do. And then Endgame is like way better than this movie in in a lot of ways, which is crazy, mm-hmm. especially considering half of my favorite characters in the Marvel universe are not in Endgame until the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's really, really awesome. This is a great movie. Yeah. So, um, I, I feel like I have more to say, but I don't know what, you know? Yeah. Uh, next week is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, if you want your episodes early, go to patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. Don't forget to, um, make a, to, to subscribe and to review our episodes. Give us five stars. And then also I probably have music out. I didn't look at the calendar, but there's probably a new video, new music out. I have an album coming out January Woo! 10th. Stream it wherever you get your music. Go to my YouTube, whatever. Thank <laughs> you for listening. Uh, thank you. And happy Thanksgiving, maybe? Sure.